Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Please Hustle Responsibly podcast. Uh, I'm Christina Magro, and I'm here with Christina Veltri and Matt Cole. And we are here to give everybody the tools that they need to better advocate for themselves in and outside of the workplace. And today we're very excited to talk to Juan Kim. Um, we're just going to wax poetics about him in just a moment. But before we do that, um, I'd like to check in with my pals and see how you're doing today. So how are you doing today, Matt? Uh, I'm good. I had a good workout session this morning, so feeling nice and nice and uh, pumped up and ready to go. And I uh, started doing some guided meditations this week. Uh, after talking to Kimiko the other day, I was really wanted to focus on like being more calm and taking the time to like filter what's happening around me and going on before I respond and like keep myself in a more calm and happy headspace. And I'm really excited about that. How are you, Belshi? I'm great. I'm just loving the overcast day 10 and I'm really excited for this conversation today. Mags, how you doing? doing good today was another like big snowflake day in chicago so that always makes me happy and um also like taking some notes from our uh last week's podcast with kamiko my mind was like blown after that conversation so i like uh ordered the books and started setting like small intentions and i'm pretty excited about it um, and today we have Juan Kim with us. Juan Kim, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. Uh, Tuesdays are pretty crazy here at work, but um, I've been good. I've been just kind of keeping busy uh, despite all the, you know, COVID storming capital business out there. Uh, just navigating through it all, just trying to make everything feels normal as possible, despite having to be indoors and stuff like that and minimize social interactions. Uh, I think we're doing our part as best we can to keep everyone sane and safe and to keep ourselves sane and safe. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, we're happy to hear that. We're super excited for this conversation today. I think We've been um, all admiring what you've been doing for the community. Um, so we're just, we're very excited to kind of hear of how it all started. But before we get into that, um, Juan, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself as a person? Uh, sure. Uh, uh, my name is Juan Kim, spelled W-O-N, not J-U-A-N, which is pretty common and easy to mistake, and that's fine. Uh, I run a small town called Kimsky here in Bridgeport, which is outside of Chicago. And we've recently transitioned and pivoted to being a pay-what-you-can restaurant, where we invite other restaurants, other chefs from restaurants, and buy their food and serve the public uh, community beyond deliver food we're just here as an outpost to just kind of help everyone and just, you know, do our part to try to make people feel secure and normal uh, through food. Uh, we operate five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday, 12 to 5. 
And it's literally a pay what you can or just come in and eat and grab a meal and get the fuck out. Uh, we still, we do this charitable thing, but we still are normal people. So we are still a little sassy. If you're rude, we will still give you attitude. We don't have to be polite just because we're doing something charitable and nice. Um, so <laughs> that aspect is still very much us, which is nice. Uh, again, it's about making people feel normal, right? And secure. So, you know, giving a little sass back and, you know, not not, and not being disingenuous, I think, is the way to go. Because if you saw me being really polite and hospitable and charitable, you would think there's something wrong. So, you know, th that's the balance here, right? We're giving away free food, making people feel great and secure and families, helping out families. But I'm still going to yell at you if you're holding up the line or if you don't know what to decide to eat. I'm going to, I'm going to very much still be there and be like, just get the fucking catfish and move on. Yes. <laughs> just come back tomorrow. Sorry. It's still fucking free. Just come back tomorrow and try the vegetarian burger tomorrow. Then you're holding up the line. Shit. It's cold. So, yeah. Pretty much what we're up to here. And it's been going great. Uh, we've been giving meals away since June, uh, every Wednesday, we used to do a 200, 300 person uh, meal, delivery, drop off, pickup. And then we just decided to do this for the winter because it's winter in Chicago. And especially during a pandemic, it's particularly tough to get good, really good food uh, donated. So, you know, we set out to just pay people instead. So people feel prideful about picking up food and making food for us. And I feel like I've answered like 15 other questions already. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> questions. So, yeah. So Juan Kim is a chef in Chicago. He's also an artist. He's a DJ. He has so many um, hobbies and projects. I feel like he is a modern day renaissance man. And oh, that's what you wanted me to say. I'm sorry. No, when I, when oh, I think of Juan Kim... Um, I think of my favorite saying in the world, and it's real G's move in silence like lasagna, um, because he's always <laughs> behind the curtain, but always um, really doing great things for his community. So how did the, you kind of gave us a brief rundown of how the community canteen is doing, but how did this all start? Where did this idea come from? I mean, obviously, like our worlds were shattered March 15th. But how did you come up with this idea? Um, it was it was really Ed, Mike and I, um, when we were concerned about, you know, furloughing Maria's uh, bartenders, uh, our back staff, and you know, with Kimsky, we we realized that there was a need, regardless of our failing business, <laughs> because of you know indoor dining and just the COVID in general, we 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 kind of sought to help people out in general, um, especially within within our immediate area. And then um, we saw that there was a need for food at places like the Senior Citizens Home, where they were kind of holding uh, residents inside because of their high risk factor. They weren't able to go out and get good food during the summer. And we kind of wanted to just kind of help out in a way. And there was extra funding through the art gallery down the street that Ed runs, uh, Co-Prosperity Sphere. He runs a non-for-profit called Public Media Institute. 
And we just kind of took a chance. We just kind of said, well, what if we could use some of this art grant money and funding, ask for donations from the public, set up this whole uh, radical hospitality initiative and help people out and try to employ people at the same time and hire friends of the industry and potentially you know, even if it's a delivery driver, we can pay that delivery driver a stipend a day to go run food. And what if we created our own ecosystem in that within that structure? And then that initiative turned into, you know, impending doom for everyone in Chicago, which is winter every year. You know, we're constantly having to think outside the box. And, you know, no better time than now to try something radically different in the winter. And, you know, I always kind of said, I wish we could just do this five days a week, jokingly with Ed. And it was like, I think, well, let me see what I can do funding wise and reach out to these grants, reach out to these uh, foundations. Just kind of got the, I wrote up a whole plan, like a, like a budget thing, and then came up with a figure monthly and we just kind of went for it and, you know, all, the, all that can happen, the worst that can happen is that we close. And honestly, like at this point, with so many of our friends closing and you know struggling, it's like, let's just, let's just do our best. Like if we, if we do have to close, let's do our best to help as many people as we can before we close at least. And then, you know, go down with the ship. So we took a chance and, you know, it, the program took off. We got a lot of great uh, press and reviews of people that wanted just help spread the word. So we've been getting a lot of good donations. Uh, we teamed up with companies like GTI and Rhythm who have who've made a substantial donation to help the program going. Uh, within that, we're able to help out other unemployed industry workers, whether it's through deliveries, whether it's to just come in and just help us make food, come up, you know, if you have a great chicken noodle recipe, I'll just be like, yo, come in and just make it for 250 people. We'll pay for our ingredients and, you know, we'll, we'll pay for your labor even. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's been great that we're able to create our, like I said, our own like ecosystem within this, you know, this grand ship of uh, the Chicago industry here. And it's, it's been working out great. And we've already partnered up with like 15 to 20 other restaurants and chefs and cooks. That's amazing. So if I am like a restaurant or a chef or a cook and I want to get involved, how would I go about doing that? Uh, um, you would just literally just hit me up and be like, Hey, how can I, how can I help? How can I, how can I contribute? And if you're a cook or a chef, and even if I haven't heard of you before, I, I don't really care if, if, if you have a dish that you want to make for us, like just be like, all right, well, Tell me what the dish is. Most likely it'll be something that I want to eat personally. And I would just say, how do we make this happen? Send me your ingredient list, send me a cost, an estimated cost, and use our kitchen to prep, or you can make it in your house or your respective kitchen, and we'll just pay you. We'll just cut you a check. And then we'll rotate you in if you want to do it again. Oh, that's amazing. So what are some of the things that you have like learned throughout this whole process? Maybe like some good things, some bad things. Were you just like, yeah. oh shit, I'd yeah. never want to do this again. <laughs> like 
I say that about every project and everything I agree to do, uh, except for the podcast, of course. Um, but I, the good, you know, is helping people out during this this unique time of need, and really just seeing the generosity of people and the community all willing to chip in uh, no matter what. And that's always been the good with doing things like this, and you know. And just being able to eat everyone's everyone else's food during this time too has been awesome. I just I haven't I feel like I haven't made food of my own here in like months, and that's been great. You don't have to do the dishes either, so that's that's awesome. Because we hired a dishwasher because we have the budget too. Um, oh, that's amazing. Than that, uh, I think the bad, yeah, it's just fucking lifesaver. Um, the bad is. Uh, I hate to say it, but you know, some of the people are a little greedy. Uh, I think they realize, I don't think they realize that we have this until April. So a lot of people will come in and try to hoard all the food. And, you know, I have a hard time saying no, especially if it look like you are in need or, you know, you have, you know, food insecurity, but at the same time, we have to think of the greater good and, you know, to maximize your efforts. So we can't have one person ordering five things off the menu for free because we have to keep this program going. So I, but at the same time, I don't want to explain, I don't want to explain to them why it's this way. You know, I realize, you know, you might be hungry, you might be getting food for someone else, but you know, it's not up to us to question your need and judge, but at the same time, we have to keep this program up for everyone else. Um, but that's been like, that's been like, honestly, the only bad. And, you know, honestly, like that's kind of like, human nature right when when we're stuck in a corner and you know kind of desperate it's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna want a little bit more and that's completely fine but you know it's up to us to kind of just limit that and kind of um gauge uh the greater good and outcome of all this so uh, you know other than that you know i think it's, it's it's been working out well uh it's a lot of coordination on my part to try to involve a lot of, as many people that want to help out and contribute. And, you know, other than that, it's, you know, it's, it's been great. I love it. How, how large is your menu typically? So uh, every week we try to do five items that people can choose from. So we have a veggie option, a meat option, a kind of a wild card, if you will, of what, like someone might just be like, oh, I have this crazy Indonesian fried rice which was on the menu last week. And uh, I'd just be like, fuck it. I want to eat it. Let's put it on the menu. And then uh, one soup and one dessert always. So within those five menu items, I could hire potentially five different cooks or chefs or restaurants. Like this week, we have Phil Foss from L Ideas doing barbecue uh, pulled pork sandals. We have uh, Marguerite uh, from GTI that's doing a... Uh, pretzel, salted, ganache, dessert thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my, uh, Ryan Piotrowski, who used to work at Dove, uh, made chili. Um, and then we have uh, guy Sean Myers who did a fried, amazing fried catfish dish, which is out of control. And uh, I hired a, a local pastry person from Beverly to make lemon squares for us. That's awesome. You're from and we Beverly, made the bullshit veggie. you live in Beverly now? Uh, for three months, yeah. I'm a recent resident. 
Nice. I love Beverly. Yeah, I love Beverly too. It's 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 great. So I guess um, my next question for you is, do you have some like words of advice or any like words of wisdom um, for somebody who maybe owns a business and is trying to be a little bit more community minded or inter in interact with their community more? Like, do you have any tips for them of how they can kind of start that process? I don't know if it's tips, but I feel like the common sense in me uh, would say to just literally directly talk to people. Um, that's really how we kind of got things off the ground. Uh, be open-minded to collab, to really listen to people and, you know, just be curious and maybe walk your neighborhood, maybe talk to your neighbors, uh, go to events. Well, that's the last part obviously is a little hard these days, but you know, if you do go to events, you know, just kind of just be aware of your surroundings. I think that's an important thing. I think a lot of people are so prideful these days that they'll never let on that they need help. So I think if you just talk to these motherfuckers and just kind of break down to them and get on their level, I think there were a lot, a lot of them are willing to open up once you kind of humanize things and, you know, make them realize that there is no agenda behind a conversation, you know? And if the agenda is to just help and just kind of involve community members and the community itself, I think that that goes a really long way. And I think a lot of people will be appreciative about that. Um, don't get me wrong, that's not, that's not how it always happens. Uh, there's still some people in this neighborhood that are fucking assholes and I'll never work with them and they can fucking go to hell. But for the majority, they've been all great. For everyone I've talked to and had conversations with that didn't end up with screaming matches, I think has been working out really well. So we, and honestly, the, some of those assholes come in here to eat and I don't care, that's fine. That's what we're here for. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna take anything personal here and be like, well, we, we disagree, so I'm not gonna feed your food. It's just like, well, you're still an asshole, but you still can eat for free and we're still <laughs> gonna cook for you. But But don't ever think that you're not a fucking dick for a second, you know? Oh, that's why I, I love, love that. I, I think <laughs> I, I think the community focus is like so amazing and like I think it's incredible that you spend so much time doing stuff like that because I feel like there's so many restaurants that'll pop up in a neighborhood and you know not take a take a look around and see what's happening around them and then you know you get people with going for a place with a lower rent and then putting in this huge expensive menu that nobody in the neighborhood can afford and expecting them to change to accommodate to what you're bringing there. And it's like, you know, like, this is not what this neighborhood is about. This is not what these people are wanting or looking for. And you're expecting them to like adjust their lifestyle to fit your ego and your, and your dream. So I think it's great that you're, you know, being there for the neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too, Matt. I mean, I think there has to be some kind of compromise. I think there should be some dialogue, you know, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's a give and take. Like if a restaurant, mm -hmm. like a big restaurant, like for example, were to come into uh, like a lower income neighborhood, you know, I would, I would suggest that the neighborhood people kind of expand their palate maybe and just kind mm -hmm. of try it out at least before they hate on it. Um, 
And I think the restaurant should do their part to kind of lure, not lure the neighborhood, but like kind of just be like, hey, this is what we're about. We're tell us what you're used to, or you know that kind of dialogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like just being like, this is us. This is what we do, and we're gonna change your mind. We're gonna blow your mind away. You know what I mean? It's like that. That that has never worked out. You know what I mean? And I don't care what neighborhood you're moving to. I don't think that that that'll ever work out well. You know, um, unless all you want are like cronuts or something, then you could just go to hell. But uh, sure. <laughs> otherwise, yeah, there should be a. <laughs> so it seems like you said community canteen is going really well, and it seems like it has kind of sustained itself and the way that it can keep going. What are your plans? for the future of the space of Kimsky? Uh, I think the future here, we're gonna, we're just playing it by ear like everyone else, honestly. If you, if you were to, if you, if you came in here within the last month, you'll see all these uh, tropical plants because we pivoted originally to be a full tiki bar experience in the winter and you know, we had to pivot again because the governor said no indoor dining. So we're just like, fuck it. Why are we, why are we even trying so hard to try to get people's money, you know, against all these other restaurants struggling? Let's just do this thing um, and just, and just see how far we can take it, A, and B, we incorporate bartenders who are needing money and hours. So, well, let's just have them work in front. Uh, let's have them, again, organizing things in the back or whatever until we can open and you know really invite everyone back to like socialize and you know so i think that's kind of important still is to have is to still be that safe space that we've always provided here in bridgeport uh, as a safe space where people hang out socialize drink you know get obnoxious or whatever and we want to you know we want to go back to that uh when we can and it's not to say that we're not we're just gonna quit cold turkey helping the community we'll just scale back a little so that we could employ uh some of our bartenders back and just kind of you know not everyone's you know not everyone's coming here needing lunch or whatnot you know and they're not all about the initiative and that's okay you know we you know this is new for all of us so i think we are gonna try to switch back to kind of the business model um, and try to sustain at least for the most part so we could just bring back and hire some of our uh, some of our folks that lost their job during this thing um, so and plus we have a fuck ton of alcohol here that we need to move um, inventory wise so let's, uh, you know, let's just have a good party in the summer and just you know be hermit crabs again in the winter uh, while we just kind of navigate this whole whatever the fuck this is now, whatever it's turned into, you know? Seriously. And like on the note of just having so much alcohol, I feel like a lot of us took our like end of year really big drops of alcohol and then like we got shut down. So I know like there's so many people just sitting on mountains of booze, but I have a feeling that like once, you know, once we let the roof off of this bitch, it's just going to be absolutely mayhem anyways. It's going to be like seeing oh, yeah. for like <laughs> days oh, it's, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be chaos. Mm -hmm. 
Especially Chicago. Oh, yeah. I mean, we already have the, you know, the dirt bags that are like summer war. I can't even imagine cooped up and then being released outdoors when it's okay to, you know. I think we're going to see a lot of fucking weirdos and oh yeah a lot of people you know yeah just looking it, it's just going to i it's going to be the wild here honestly it's going to be really weird it really but we embrace <laughs> just because i feel even weird now and like incredibly socially awkward when i have to talk to people so like i can only imagine uh you know somebody who's like I don't know. It's just going to be weird. It's going to be weird. People are, you know, going to be like dating like crazy. I feel like, you know, the bar is just going to be like a speed dating mecca of just like Tinder dates. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, everyone lost their, their summer patio drinking. So they're going to gonna gonna smell gonna real it. weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thanks a little bit. I for one. Um, I am curious. So Sorry. It's okay. I just I just feel like I need to bring things back. <laughs> um, so you mentioned I had, like earlier, more than loop in my head. <laughs> um, Sorry. you mentioned earlier um some folks like not necessarily taking advantage of the community canteen, but, you know, like definitely, um, you know, people are food insecure and they want to get what they can while they can. Have you noticed that being there every day and week after week, people have, you know, kind of um, brought back those temptations to be like, I don't have this, so I need it now, and kind of rely on you to be a source of help that will, like a stable source of help. Yeah, I think, you know, we get a lot of regulars. Uh, we see, I see a lot of familiar faces now, uh, which is great. Uh, families coming in, um, getting their, uh, their, I guess their allotment. But, you know, the unfortunate thing with that as we, as the word gets out more and more is that some of the, I think some of the regulars are still kind of in that mode, survival mode. So they think they have to get a lot more. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk, speak on their behalf or, or what I think they'll, they need or what their situation is. But I think it's, Again, it's, it's one of those things we have to constantly remind people like, hey, we know you're in need, but please be a little more, more mindful of other people that are in your same situation. People with kids, people with, you know, people with family members that can't leave the house, that kind of situation. So um, it's, it's, it's yes and no, you know, I, we, we do see a lot of familiar faces, which is great. Um, but we still, you know, have to police sometimes and kind of just dial it back on certain people. And again, we don't, we're not here to make them, you know, feel like they're, they made a mistake or that they're bad people for asking for more. 
you know, we just kind of have to just be like, well, just think of other people and we're here tomorrow. You know, the more, the more important thing is we will be here tomorrow. So there will be food tomorrow as well. Um, it's, it's, it is a reminding thing, you know, it's, uh, we do have to constantly remind people. So I don't know if that answered the question. I, I, no, I think it, it, it definitely uh, does. I think that the main yeah, question it's, it's is enough. like, is the conversation happening that like, we're here Absolutely. to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cool. Is there any maybe like um, thoughts about moving this initiative to a different space? Um, so we, so within this whole program, uh, we were able to open up in two different places in the north side. So wherewithal with Beverly Kim is serving food out of uh, Parachute. And they recently, it, as of last week, they started the same model as here, uh, doing food five days a week. And then uh, Donorman, we teamed up with them. We've been working with them all summer and they kind of deliver food around town uh, through their food truck. And Moms at Mars in Bridgeport, uh, they do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and, you know, we're partnering up with another restaurant, um, a Nigerian restaurant up north to deliver food in Bronzeville. So we're, we are kind of out there. Uh, we're trying to expand our umbrella um, to cover areas. So, you know, we're, and again, you know, us being kind of like the center of it, we were able to invite other restaurants still. So, you know, whether or not you can, you know, you have the capacity to do this five days, that, that's okay. Cause we'll just, I just order food from you for that one day or for the week of meals and stuff like that. That's How awesome. many meals are you guys doing a day now? Uh, can be alone? We're, we're at 250 meals a day. Yeah. And then on Wednesdays, we still do the 70 meals delivered. Um, if we have uh, leftover meals, we package it and we give it to the love fridge and then they distribute meals to their own channels and around the city. And I also hired a delivery driver who was a former bartender to deliver meals directly to um, like tent, tent towns in the south side. So we'll just do like a food drop if there's a, we have, if we have a surplus. Um, but yeah, it's it's, you know, it's, it's a day by day sometimes. Um, again, it's all coordinating. I think if you are good at coordinating and kind of planning and keeping on top of things, you know, we can really push our efforts to reach, to go beyond our reach uh, as far as like people having to come here. It's amazing. So you mentioned like the Love Fridge and a couple of these other projects. Are there any other uh, like community projects that you're working with or in tandem with that you want to like shine a spotlight on? Um, no. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we partnered up with uh, several people and um, if anything, I just, I, I alone try to just try to do my well, uh, again, utilizing other hobbies of mine. So 
you know, we used to do the first Mondays at Sportsman's Club DJing. Um, and since they're not able to open, I partnered up with one of the sponsors, uh, GTI again, uh, to do our, to continue our first Mondays through Twitch. So I'm going in uncharted waters uh, right now um, and streaming our uh, DJing so we can get virtual tips to help out the staff at Sportsman's. And GTI, and through their sponsorship, we're able to match all the tips, uh, which is awesome, and give all the money to Sportsman's Club, their staff, because uh, that's our favorite place to uh, play in the city. And then I still do community soup nights, uh, virtually, obviously, uh, where we just do curbside delivery, you pre-order. Um, we raised like 1200 for Inglewood Montessori, which I always try to shine a light on. They're always, uh, you know, I always try to help them out. Uh, recently in Beverly, uh, I set up a 23 person soup virtual thing. We literally sold $3,200 in soup in a day and a half that I have to coordinate and bag and <laughs> distribute, which is new for me uh, through TOC. And uh, that's benefiting Sutherland Elementary in Beverly. So, um, you know, I, like I think like not kind of, really, but also <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to shine a spotlight on myself. I mean, this is all just fun for me to do. It's all stuff that, you know, you know, I get to still DJ, you know, which is nice for the Twitch channel. We get to still play music and, you know, just stay on top of our craft. And then, you know, who doesn't like soup in the winter, right? I mean, again, this is all serves my own selfish needs because I want to eat soup too, you know, <laughs> if it helps raise money, why the fuck not? You know, do I, I, I want to play music. I want to DJ still. Does it, it serves my own purpose. Yes. But it also helps out other people. So, um, my own needs is somehow like inserted in there a little bit, which makes me kind of a piece of shit a little, but, um, I balance it out by helping others. But you're also giving so much to people because whoever's listening that doesn't know those Mondays at Sportsman's were by far the best oh, night. I don't miss okay. going out often, but I'm like, oh, really like a Monday at Sportsman's. You know, it, it really was a special night. I mean, we, I think Clint Rogers brought us in uh, originally. And, you know, ever since then, we've just been like, you know, the people have been just so, so nice and so great there. And um, they're, they're really open-minded about music. And our, our last, our, all of our last DJ gigs for like Mike and I and some of our friends was that Monday in March. And then we didn't DJ for nine months. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of picked it up and I was like, hey, I got this idea. I think I could get some money through sponsorship to help you guys out. And, uh, you know, we have first Mondays until April for now and then uh, some funding to help them out too. So, you know, I, I think another note about this whole thing too is that um, all beyond just money donating people to kind of create their own thing. Like nothing is too small, honestly. If you raise $100 for something that's not you, awesome. Raise fucking ten dollars. Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. If you could raise even fifty cents to donate to something that's above yourself, then fucking why wouldn't you do it? You know what I mean? I think it's one of those things that we know we didn't set out to be like you know ahead of anything or 
you know, set ourselves as any kind of example. I think we just really just try to figure out something to that, that's expandable and something that we try to, you know, have other people, you know, this is one of the things where like, we want people to copy our model. Like if you, we're proof that it can work without any fucking help from the shitty fucking government. We did it on our own. And, you know, even beyond this thing, we did a fucking farmer's market at Mars throughout the whole summer, every Sunday, free to vendors. We stole that idea from my friend John Diaz, a for sports and fitness. He did an outdoor market free of charge. So I'm like, how do we bring this to Bridgeport? I will copy the shit out of this idea and we'll do our own version if that's okay with you. You know, and that made people money. When that died down, we're like, what can we, let's expand upon this free vending idea. Let's, uh, let's have, let's use a front patio at Kimsky to have two other vendors every Thursday. You make bread, fucking make bread, sell bagels. I don't give a shit, sell something. We had a leather maker in front uh, during our busy patio days, you know, it's like, why not? Why not involve as many people as you can? And just like, like, what does it really, what does it really take? Right. I mean, all we have is this weird little concrete lot in front, but it, it, it mean an extra $300 for someone for their income. Like, I don't care if you use that money on blow. I don't give a fuck. It's money that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's money that you earned on someone else's lot. And it, somehow turn into a collab that way, you know? And um, that's really where the, the ground that we're standing on is that we're just, you know, we, we hope people steal our ideas. We want that, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like, you don't even have to give us credit. Say it's your fucking idea. I don't give a shit. As long as you're helping people out there, like, by all means. Um, but, you know, don't be a selfish piece of shit and take all the credit though at the same time. You still wanna, you still wanna be a decent person. Uh, at the end of the day, you still wanna be a, be, a, be a decent person, and you know, I again, it's 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 really strange out there. You know, I I learned some weird uh, lessons from a recent online thing that happened, and some of the research I've done through these really shitty people out there. You know, it, it speaks volumes as far as like their agenda and like why they're helping people out or what they're doing. I'm sorry. They're performative yeah. actions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it, it's weird. You know, I I don't I won't ever take away from people helping other people. If you constantly insert yourself and are looking for credit and pats on the back, I will. I am not going to be cool with that. And again, that's just my own opinion. Because again, you're inserting yourself for a one-time thing and looking for all these weird props. And, you know, it, it's weird. It's, it's just weird to me, that's all. And I'm not saying that you don't deserve, you know, credit and, you know, highlight on it. But I don't know, it's just, well, it, it's a weird dynamic. It's hard to explain, sorry. And, and when you put yourself in the spotlight whether it's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons you have to be prepared to have conversations with people that are not necessarily going to be the conversations that you want absolutely i agree and a lot of people don't want to have that conversation they just want 
a pat on the back and say, look, looky, looky, looky what I did. I'm going to take a picture on every single step of this. It's like, bitch, if you were fucking busy and actually helping people out, you wouldn't have time to take a selfie with people bagging shit. Go fucking bag something. Go stir a fucking pot. Why the fuck are you taking photos of yourself? You know what I mean? Like, fuck that <laughs> shit. Hire your PR team to take a photo of you doing something then. Don't do it yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's weird, you know? Like, we do, we do a lot of charity things, and some of it is just like, it's not even worth taking photos of. Just do it. Who fucking cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Whenever I do art fundraisers or whatever, I'm just like, you know what? What's the point of like hi- trying to highlight this? Like, just raise some money, give the check, do some art, and you know, go get hammered somewhere. Take photos of that. I don't know. Take photos yeah, of you having fun. Like, if if you're helping people for like a yeah, like, from it, then you're really only trying to help yourself. That's exactly the point. You know, if if there's a if there's a if there's like a, a funding um, aspect to it, of course, you know, highlight it, you know, do whatever. If it's to show that, you know, you moved a plant during this eight hour shift of volunteering and you're like, oh, I contributed. Oh my God. It's like the people that did, uh, I never volunteered during Christmas or Thanksgiving because there are hordes of, you know, spring church members that are like, it's my day of giving. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, cool. You scoop fucking 50 things of casserole onto shitty fucking, you know, styrofoam plates and come and have their traditional meals and how they help the day. But December 27th is a thing, you know. There are still people, you didn't solve world hunger because you fucking plopped shitty donated food into a plate. You know, these people are, they have to eat three times a day just like you. You know what I mean? Yeah on top of trying to stay warm, on top of mental issues, on top of physical ailments, on top of people shitting and spitting on them, you know? So it's like, it's, it's again, it's, it's this weird dynamic. It's this weird, like, look at me type of culture, you know? Um, and, you know, we're not here for that, you know? We're here to get donations to keep the program going. But um, again, you know, all these guys are, all the employees, all the people here, Yes, they're employed and they get paid hourly, but their heart is in the right place too. They would have done this for far less money, you know, and that's that's why, you know, we have the team that we have here doing this. Yeah, you've always had a great team. I always look forward to like when everybody came in on Mondays to hang out because everybody was like just joyful. And oh, yeah. Such a good group. So I guess this leads into... Oh, you're making me tear. Uh, my second to final uh, question for you is uh, what do you envision the future of hospitality looking like after all of this? Do you think it's more charitable efforts such as yourself or like what do you think do you do you think things are going to change after this or do you think it's going to go back to the way that they were before or what do you envision it looking like that's a that's a multi-tier question um honestly i don't think it's ever gonna be the same uh i i think what this made what this situation made people realize is that it's it costs a certain amount to go out and hang out and have fun 
you know, I think every, I think taking the socializing aspect away made, hopefully made people realize like how important it is to support an industry that's providing you with fun, a service that you would pay $20 to go waste two hours in a movie theater. You know, it, it should be treated the same way when you go out to dine or have a drink with a friend. Those two hours that you're spending money on a drink and the atmosphere and, you know, to be in a place where the electricity isn't yours to pay, I'm hoping a lot of people realize the importance of like, oh shit, I really miss sitting in a booth with my friends having a drink and only spending 30 or $40, but wasting, not wasting, but having really good hangouts for four hours. That's entertainment in my eyes. You know what I mean? So I think, so that's like the good side in my opinion. I, I hope people realize that, right? The other side, we're gonna have real dick bags still, still complaining about prices, complaining about, you know, I didn't get the certain service, you know, why are people still wearing masks? Why can't we go inside? Well, it's because you're a dirty fuck. <laughs> you know, you don't wash your hands. You don't, you don't give a shit about wearing a mask. You know, those kind of things I think are still gonna be prevalent in this world. Cause I can't even tell you how many times you know, working, I've seen customers use the bathroom, come out immediately. I'm like, I know you didn't wash your hands, dog. I can hear the hand dryer not going. Yeah, I didn't hear the hand dryer. Your pants aren't wet. Your shirt isn't wet from drying it on your hands. You know, what the, (laughs) did you fucking blow dry yourself with your mouth? I don't think so, right? Um, I'm petty like that. You know, I will time you on your bathroom break and be like, you did not wash your fucking hands. I know you didn't. Um, so you'll still have a lot of people. And those are the same. It's so weird. Those are the people that will complain about prices. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're the ones that will fully utilize everything that you have to offer and still complain. So well, they're saving you money by not using your water. <laughs> or soap. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, and those, but those are the people that are going out to wasting right our now time and money. Yeah. yeah. Totally. There, you know, I guess, I guess with that said, I guess it'll just go right back to normal, right? I, I just explained the two different kinds of people that go off right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's very but as far as like indoor, as far as like indoor dining goes, we're probably going to still stick to our patio again this summer. Honestly, even with mm-hmm. vaccines and stuff rolling out, we still can't completely trust the public hundred percent. Um, our, our model worked pretty well last summer where we just kind of kept the bar. We have two walls that open up into the patio now and a garage door. So we just kind of kept it as like employees only and we kind of serve drinks out there and food. So I think a lot of places will kind of utilize their outdoor patio more than anything, more than ever this summer uh, in the hospitality field. I think more people will kind of... Um, put their effort towards how do we just max outdoor space and how do we, you know, sustain and, you know, make a living off of that, uh, just utilizing outdoor area. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, reservations will be implemented. I think uh, more mindful of cleanliness and just hygiene in general. Um, I wish there was a way we could monitor people using the bathroom 
and washing their hands and, you know, whether they mask up or not. I just wish there was tool that we can do that wouldn't be an invasion of privacy, but, you know, that's the chance we take in the profession that we're in, right? We have to depend on strangers to do the right thing, but, you know, I'm, I'm way cynical and I don't trust people um, to do the right thing. I mean, our two week quarantine stretching to 10 months so far mm -hmm. because of strangers and because of shady people, right? Um, so people will do what they want to do. And, you know, luckily I have the power to just kick them the fuck out of here, which is dope. Um, I've got into arguments this past summer with people and, you know, I'm just like, you know what? Why are we even having this conversation? Just get the fuck out. That's it. That's as easy as that. You're not going to convince me that what you're doing is okay because I don't yell at people unprovoked. I'm not a fucking psychopath. You know, I will very reasonably have a reason to yell at you. You know, that's how this shit works. Um, I'm not going to yell at you for no reason. Um, so that's the kind of person I am. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm already having anxiety now thinking about <laughs> people and customers. Uh, I already I have like snappy comes. I already have like snappy comebacks. <laughs> I kind of love that the the model of like uh, the customer is always right, and we have to give them everything on a silver platter has kind of like been brought into the spotlight and thrown the fuck out the window because like fuck that, you know, don't treat our staff yeah. like shit. Don't treat us like shit. Like this isn't your place to come wipe your ass on the fucking floor. Like this is a business. Yeah, like, we're all here working. We're all here trying to take care of ourselves. Like you don't get to come in and just be a dick about everything. Like. We're, we're humans. Yeah, we're trying to make good, you happy. That's a good point too. I think I think hopefully people have a little more respect for their servers, their bartenders, you know, their cooks, you know, even their, their fellow, you know, uh, patrons. Um, you know, the 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 hope is that they're grateful that they're able to spend outside and not be under this weird police state of being indoors, especially during the summer. And again, you know, everything's in moderation, right? That's what's in balance. So hopefully if you were an asshole before, this made you realize that going out is important and that, you know, you should have been great, more grateful to your bartenders and, and not, you know, yell at them drunk about, you know, underserving them when they're fucking hammered already. You know what I mean? Or and, the blue you know, cheese being Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so hopefully you know just just a little more kindness uh, is, is is my hope throughout this thing you know and a little more um i don't know how much more education we can give out there honestly you guys have done so much for the industry just kind of making people aware and like giving you really useful tips and hints um you know those kind of resources are crucial i think in helping the other side understand how the fuck to you know what I mean? This leads me to my final question. So obviously, like this um, pandemic, no one could have foreseen coming. But I do think that it's given people time to kind of like reevaluate and reprioritize uh, or just take a moment to like reflect. Um, what does your future personally like look like? I have no fucking clue. Uh, I'm hoping 
this model is sustainable and we're able to do it again. Uh, I, God, I can't even, you know, I used to have like plans for the year and stuff like that and things I wanted to do. Uh, last, honestly, I know a lot of people said this, but last year was supposed to be my year. I had like solo art shows set up. We had like four weddings lined up. We were going to do the tailgating for Goosen again. You know, I had planned this a year prior, set, set this all up for 2020. And then once this happened, it's just like, well, weeks of planning just fell down the drain. So, you know, if, if anything, this has taught me to be not like, you know, take every moment and be spontaneous and run free. But I think, you know, who knows what can happen? You know, I, we were literally just joking about how the two month thing, you know, went into a month, month went into two months. And then, you know, here we are almost a year in and vaccines are rolling out and people are, are purposely destroying vaccines and shit. So I, I don't know what the future uh, plans are I just I just hope we can help people still uh, regardless of whatever whatever we plan to do and that um, you know my family and people around me people I know they're doing good and you know hustling out there can remain to hustle and be good to others um, I don't know I just want to win the fucking lottery honestly you know that's my plan <laughs> I'm winning the lottery I'll donate. I'll donate half my earnings to people in need. I don't give a shit. I mean, all I need is like five mil, and that'll coast me through to my like my sixties or seventies. And by then, I'm gonna hire someone to wipe my wipe my shit. I don't fucking care. Uh, <laughs> that's all we can hope for at this point, right? I mean, fuck. Uh, if you ask me this question in like a month, it'll be completely different. I'll be like, yeah, I, all I need is two hundred dollars a month, and I'll I'll be fine. But for now, let's go with five million for until my mid 60s that's just suffice i love that yeah. answer oh my asses to pretty much everyone we talk to <laughs> and i'm not lying that it has been my favorite response <laughs> it's been the realest response mm -hmm. <laughs> i just want to win the lottery I mean, you know. <laughs> all right so i the very least i have one follow-up question then um if say you do win the lottery uh what is the first thing you do uh pay off the mortgage in the house first thing i do how responsible of you i know it's stupid um it's because we deal drugs out of there no i'm kidding um it's <laughs> I just need that. I just we were, need that. We have a really uh, large cop following, so. <laughs> well, you know, I, I get I get it from them anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I didn't oh. Beverly remember? Come on. Should have known. I mean, and I think something that we've all learned throughout all of this that like uh housing and the stability of it is really important so i mean i think that's a very uh, good way of using your your lottery winnings um does anybody else have any i questions? love how we're what i love how we're speaking like this might be a possibility thank you for that hey. I, do, <laughs> I do appreciate your what a confidence in this 
you have to speak it into existence you know you have to put it yeah. out there in the universe so in the universe yeah for sure <laughs> i appreciate that well juan i just wanted to say thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to yeah, hang out with you. us today um it's really inspirational every time i talk to you and uh i just want to say thank you for everything that you do thank for you. our community thank you i really appreciate stuff like this because it helps me organize my thoughts <laughs> a and b i think uh it's important to get these kind of initiatives out and uh you know honestly like for anyone listening just you know, talk to your neighbors, you know, go out there and just take a chance. Not everything has to be this booming, huge fucking blowout success. Um, there's so much to learn in failure. There's so much to learn in just, you know, even if you don't help anyone else, just the effort alone just out there is so important. Um, and with that said, even like 10% more effort in whatever you're doing goes a really long way. And, um, Please, when you're shoveling snow, be mindful of your back. That's so important right now, too. I pinched my back like a month ago. I'm so fucking old. It's the worst. Uh, if you can, stay young. Uh, take supplements. And, uh, yeah. I sound like an old man now. <laughs> Were you at least shoveling somebody else's front patch when you... No. <laughs> <laughs> it was my own and I pinched my back. <laughs> I almost saw my dog laughing at me. <laughs> well, everyone, if you have any questions for Juan or want to get a hold of him, feel free to email us at info at pleasehustleresponsibly.org and we will get a hold of Juan for you. Um, if you have any questions or need any follow-up of any information, during this podcast. Also, just feel free to email us and um, please remember to always please hustle responsibly.